Thanks for tuning in to Talk FX, where we promise to keep the conversation honest and real for our Fragile X community. We are a group of moms of Fragile X children, self-advocates, and full mutation carriers from Washington, Idaho, and Oregon, all on a mission to share our stories and experiences in the hopes of reaching more Fragile X families and creating more awareness of Fragile X syndrome. So with that in mind, let's jump right in to this week's episode of Talk FX. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Talk FX. I hope that everyone had a wonderful Thanksgiving with your families. Um, I was fortunate to spend my first Thanksgiving married with my husband. It was so surreal. Um, we also recently celebrated our six months of marriage already. Uh, time is definitely flying, but um, we are having fun for sure. And Speaking of my husband, he has been incredibly supportive of the work that I do with TalkFX Podcast, so um, so much so that he bought me a super nice microphone uh, to do my podcast with. So if you've noticed already how much clearer this episode hopefully sounds um, in comparison to previous ones, that's why. So I am just super excited and thankful for my husband and his support, Um, and it's so cool to just not have to use, um, this may surprise some of you, but I had to use my phone or my iPad um, to record these episodes, which uh, I felt like didn't do too bad of a job, but you know, it's always nice to have some better equipment for sure. So I am just super thankful. Um, okay. So let's jump right into it. I'm really excited about, um, today's episode. A couple of weeks ago, um, we actually talked about, uh, the transition from grade school to adulthood. And that episode, (laughs) Uh, blew up, which was incredibly encouraging, so much so that I've decided to talk more in depth about this uh, topic today. So um, let's just dive right in. Uh, Before we know it, we're going to be about halfway through the school year, at least for us in Washington State. Um, I've talked to several families, not all in Washington State, Um, but including my own family about how this school year has looked different than others. Um, There are teacher shortages, bus driver shortages, etc., which definitely affects um, the amount of support and resources that, you know, are available to our kids that, you know, um, were more available maybe like two years ago, um, or, you know, time frame about, about that. So some parents have opted to homeschool their children. Um, others have kept them in school despite the difficulties that, you know, may or may not be affecting them. Um, we're all in different situations right now. I've talked with families that are just currently fighting their school district for inclusion opportunities in the classroom, but of course, to no avail, the school district comes up with some sort of, you know, excuse, um, whether it's staffing shortages, what have you. Um, and, you know, I'm sure that there are some uh, school districts that, you know, 
don't have quote unquote excuses, but you know, all school districts are different sizes of classrooms, etc. So um, there's just all types of different things that can be into come into play with, you know, wanting your child to be uh have those inclusion opportunities with, you know, their typical peers. So, um, and this is important to fight for our children to observe and learn from their typical peers, um, you know, because if the your child is constantly in, um, you know, their special ed class or whatever it may be called in your state or, or uh, school district, um, they need that opportunity to, uh, observe the behaviors of their typical peers. So I am just constantly inspired by the parents that just take the time and dedication to fight for these opportunities because it does take time and dedication, as I'm sure so many of you listening right now uh, know and have probably so many stories that um, you could share. So, but one thing that is important to consider is that, um, you know, after our children with, you know, fragile X, autism, um, you know, whatever it may be, uh, leave high school, it's up to the parents and caregivers or whomever the guardian may be to keep them engaged in daily activities. And this is where a lot of families struggle to find support. Um, It's also why, Uh, what your child can gain in grade school is so important. It affects their transition to adulthood and ultimately independence. Um, You know, that's the same for any typically developing uh, student is what they learn in grade school has a huge effect on, you know, who they become um, in their adulthood. So, um, but it's, it's, what we are talking about today is how it affects those with, you know, developmental delays. Um, so as I said, you know, um, it's important to consider what services are available for our children as they leave high school. And, uh, the first step that I would recommend in finding, finding support after your, uh, child with Fragile X transitions from grade school is to find your local disability organizations. Um, There are a plenty, a plethora, excuse me, of um, disability organizations in different states. Um, You know, they all provide uh, different services. Um, They're generally about the same um, with a little bit of differences here and there, but that's why um, it's important to search for what opportunities are available in your state or your county or um, wherever you reside. Um, I shared this particular topic in our previous uh, episode, the transition from grade school to adulthood, Um, but you know, when I'm not doing all things talk FX podcast, um, I've, I also shared this in, in that episode that I am a job developer slash employment consultant for a, a nonprofit organization that supports young adults and uh, older adults in seeking employment and community inclusion opportunities. And uh, what we typically do prior to students um, transitioning out of high school is we get them involved in a program called Student to Work. Um, Some of you may be familiar with this. Um, It may be a different name um, for other 
organizations, but essentially it's where students with, you know, physical or developmental disabilities, they get the opportunity to be involved in internships, which are essentially unpaid volunteer opportunities. So these are designed to help each student discover uh, what their skill sets are um, because they've most likely never obtained paid employment before. Um, so it's an opportunity for them to learn the essential functions of, um, you know, a job and what the responsibilities are and the importance in gaining um, independence along the way. Because uh, there are so many employment opportunities out there that do require, you know, some level of independence independence. Um, and it's really the overarching goal, right? Um, we want all of our children to reach some sort of level of uh, independence in their lives. Um, this is an awesome opportunity that I have watched many of uh, our clients thrive in. And, um, you know, then once employment is established, um, we provide support for a specified amount of time. Um, until it's deemed that they're able to proceed in their employment independently. Um, so we also provide services for older adults that are looking for um, employment as well, and we determine what level of supports they need. So we're not just working with clients who are transitioning from uh, grade school to adulthood. It's also, you know, those who have already made that transition and, you know, we may or may not have uh, worked with them while they were uh, in grade school. So um, we, uh, our organization is uh, funded by two essential government organizations that you may or may not be familiar with. Um, there's different names for these kinds of organizations in different states, but um, ours is uh, in the state of Washington, um, DVR, which is the Department of Vocational Rehabilitation, and DDA, which is Developmental Disabilities Administration. So, um, as I said, you know, other states have different organizations that essentially provide the same supports and resources. So DDA, um, they seek, their mission statement is to seek and develop and implement public policies that promote individual worth, self-respect, and dignity such that uh, each individual is valued as a uh, contributing member of the community. This includes employment. So um, this is kind of where I step in. So uh, as someone who wants to seek to provide supports um, to individuals to feel like they're, you know, a contributing member of um, their community, which is so important. Um, so now I also mentioned in community inclusion opportunities. So what is this? Um, essentially, it's an opportunity that is funded by um, the organizations that I mentioned, like DDA and DVR, where they uh, provide us with essentially like the um, requirements, um, for lack of a better word, <laughs> um, requirements as to how we proceed with our clients who wish to be employed, but um, desire, uh, who wish to, sorry, who, um, that no longer wish to be employed, but they desire uh, social interaction opportunities um, that they're not able to receive otherwise. So 
Um, this can be a volunteer opportunity or a free social gathering event or, um, you know, it's just something along those lines. But ultimately, our focus is to encourage those community inclusion and clients to be active, social, hands-on, however that may look, uh, client to client. So um, these types of services, whether uh, in job development, like I shared um, at the beginning, or community inclusion, they look differently um, from state to state. So Uh, I encourage you to go to the National Fragile X Foundation website because they have the best resources available on how to find um, what local disability services are available to you um, based on where you live. So um, I think it's important to consider um, that as you begin to reach out to these different organizations in your area, because, you know, like I said, the organization that I work for, um, you know, we can do something different compared to, you know, say an organization in Oregon or Idaho or what have you. Um, So uh, I wanted to share a couple of great questions that um, I would uh, encourage you to ask these um, organizations that offer these services for um, job development and community inclusion. So as a job developer slash employment consultant, I am just always so encouraged when um, parents that are seeking these services, they ask specific questions because it really helps me as a uh, employment consultant best understand what supports um not only the uh, client is looking for, but what their guardian wants to see them be involved in as well. So um, here are some questions to consider. Uh, what job volunteer slash jo- what job slash volunteer experiences do you offer while my child is still in high school? Um, again, this can look different organization to organization, as I explained. Um, but an example is, you know, in the organization that I work for, we provide internship opportunities primarily within a hospital setting where uh, interns are able to practice a wide variety of tasks, which in turn helps them and their employment consultant determine what might be the best paid employment opportunity for them to seek out and apply for once um, they've completed their internship. Um, so, Like I said, this can look different um, organization to organization, but that is in a nutshell how uh, we generally go about um, uh, opportunities while they're in high school. So um, the next question that's really great to ask is, uh, are they only job experiences or do you help uh, clients actually find a job when they transition from high school? So this all, I've, kind of already touched on this, but um, this also does look different from organization to organization. But um, what we do or what I do is, um, you know, we offer support in finding employment after the client finishes their internship requirements. It's uh, generally with the same employment consultant that provides supports during their school-to-work program, but depending on the situation, sometimes they're transferred to um, a new employment consultant that 
primarily receives clients that are transitioning out of the um, student to work program, which is the, you know, internship. Um, so it's not always the same um, EC uh, that is working with them while they're doing their internship. Um, I mean, we try to maintain consistency, but it's also good for our clients to recognize um, and get used to other um, ECs working with them as well. We try to encourage that. Um, so the next good question to ask is, how does the program work? So at what le grade level do they qualify for the student to work program? Well, again, this is also different organization to organization. So definitely reach out to um, the services in your area. I cannot stress that enough. Um, but as for Northwest Center, we generally start working with student to work clients in 11th to 12th grade. So most students are in their internship opportunities for about a year or so. Um, I think it just depends. But um, that is essentially uh, the age that we start encouraging um, them to, to just start thinking about what type of employment they would desire, um, what their hobbies are. Um, we start asking them questions like that. And um, that helps us get them involved in the appropriate internship opportunity that matches what their interests are. It's not just about, you know, oh, what's available, but it's also about um, taking into consideration what their hobbies are because we want them to enjoy what they're doing. Just like any of us, we prefer jobs that we are somewhat passionate about or that we're good at um, or that we have an educational background in. Um, you know, we don't necessarily enjoy always working somewhere that um, we're not passionate about, right? So we want our clients to thrive in the employment opportunity that they um, pursue. So the next question that I think is really important to ask is, who provides the transportation? Well, um, this is really dependent on what transportation services are available in your area. It also depends on what the client's needs are. Um, so in Washington State, it's, you know, either what, what we have is uh, access bus or a DART bus. Um, those are uh, public transportation services for individuals with disabilities. Um, and or it's the the uh, client's guardian. Um, it really just is different client to client. So, um, but it is a it's great to ask this question to the organization because we work with um, those modes of transportations to ensure that our clients get to and from um, their employment on time. So for instance, like the access bus and DART bus, we work with them to make sure that um, they get our clients to their job sites on time and um, making sure that they're picked up after uh, their work shift is over as well. Um, so definitely inquire about that if, if those are services that you need. Um, the next question that is, I think is important to ask as well is, what if my child doesn't like the internship they're in? Um, can it be changed? Well, 
One thing that I really uh, love about Northwest Center that I work for is that it's all about the client. We always do our best to be in frequent communication with the client and their guardian in supports, asking them how they're feeling about the internship, if they like the hours that they're volunteering. Um, We really try to put our clients' needs first. Um, If our client happens to be nonverbal, we will try, obviously, so many of our ECs are trained in um, sign language and such um, just to uh, share that. But also, you know, we're in contact with our client's guardians as well um, and just talking to them about how they feel uh, their child is doing in their uh, internship opportunity as well. And it's always um, an option to, you know, talk about other areas to um, uh, explore as well. So uh, the final question that I think is really important is, um, do you provide supports once my child receives paid employment? Well, I know I kind of um, basically already touched on this, but I want to kind of go a smidge more in depth. So I think this is an important question that I have been asked many times. Um, I was actually asked this question, I think, like last week. Um, But the answer is yes. Depending on what, um, you know, in our state at least of Washington, DDA and DVR and the employment consultant, depending on what they deem is the necessary uh, level of support, we provide on-site support at each of our clients' work shifts to make sure that they learn the tasks that are required of them at their job. So as an example, say they are working at a grocery store and their tasks given to them by the um, employer is to uh, stock shelves or maybe it's to um, wipe down uh, countertops or maybe it's to like restock um, bags uh, at each, you know, um, checkout stand um, or just something like that. Well, our job is to work with them on that um, to make sure that they understand what their tasks are, that they're physically capable of doing those tasks and that um, they feel confident in their ability to do those tasks. So um, we also talk to them about what uh, hours that they would prefer at their job. Um, Oftentimes, you know, employers will say, hey, uh, we can have them work like anywhere from three to like four hours. Well, we take that information and we talk to the client about it and say, would you prefer to work three or four hours? Um, Because we want them to, you know, feel comfortable with Um, the amount of time that they're working. And we also, you know, um, share with them and the guardian of our clients um, that, you know, you are um, receiving uh, payment for your work. So however much you feel is appropriate for you to work and, you know, gain your income, um, you determine that. So um, some of our clients, you know, they require more long-term supports. Um, Others require like an average of 90 days. It's really different client to client. And we have um, a process that we go through to determine the length 
um, of support that is um, necessary. And we determine that with, you know, DDA or DVR services, um, and as well as what the employment consultant uh, has observed. And of course, also what um, the parent guardian and the client thinks is um, uh, necessary as well, just, just based on what their needs might be. Um, so, I uh, hope that that makes sense, but um, we definitely don't leave our clients, you know, uh, high and dry. You know, we we try to um, do our best as employment consultants to use the training that we've been given to um, make sure that all of our clients um, are being given the amount of support that they desire and, and that they need to feel confident um, as an employee. So... Um, these are just a few ideas of questions that um, are good to ask organizations that you're seeking services from. So regardless of what you're able to set up uh, when school services end, it is so important. And I believe I talked about this in our last episode um, regarding this topic as well. But um, it is so important to set a daily schedule for your FX child um, to stay consistent with expectations, routine, structure, and knowledge of what will happen each day. Um, whether it's a visual representation or verbal uh, representation, however your uh, child responds best, this is uh, so essential. Um, it's not only important because, you know, individuals with Fragile X do thrive on routine, um, but it's also important to maintain consistency in these areas because, um, these are important aspects of paid employment that are expected of them um, to become familiar with uh, once they, you know, become employed. They're going to have a schedule to follow. They're going to have expectations of them as employees. Um, they're most likely going to have a routine of daily tasks that they do each day. Um, but, you know, for some clients, um, I've definitely seen this, um, you know, our clients' tasks can change week to week or maybe month to month. Um, they will be given new tasks to do. So making sure that, um, we prepare them to be flexible for that. Um, that's why it's so important to have these things, um, consistently going even when your child is not in school and you're waiting for services. Um, these are things that you can do at home is you can uh, set a daily schedule for them, whether it's, you know, at this time we're going to go for a walk. At this time we're going to do the dishes. At this time, you know, we're going to read a book or just whatever it looks like in your household. I highly recommend it because, you know, when we have clients that are um, waiting for employment, uh, what we do with them is we either, uh, of course, it's dependent client to client, but we uh, work with them on different activities and we give them uh, certain uh, responsibilities to work on. So, for instance, I have a client that is waiting for um, 
the go to search for employment. And so in the meantime, I have been uh, giving this client activities to do and it is their job to contact me when they're finished with the activities and then I give them additional activities. So this creates um, the expectation that uh, they recognize, okay, I'm done with this activity and I need to call my job coach to receive additional activities. So um, this is something that, you know, they're going to learn in a job too, um, to ask questions, to uh, be productive in when they're finished with a task, asking their uh management or employer, whomever it may be, um, for additional tasks. Um, this helps them get familiar with that concept. So um, some of our clients already have that concept down. Some of them may not. So um, these are just uh, some examples of why it is so important to set a daily routine for your child, um, even while waiting for uh, employment services. So um, or even community inclusion services. Um, it's just so beneficial to their development. And um, yeah, I really hope that you guys found all this information helpful and encouraging. Um, I know it's a lot to kind of like soak in. Um, so definitely, uh, if you have any questions, please reach out to us um, on our Instagram, Talk Fragile X, or email us at talkfragilex at gmail.com. We would be happy to answer your questions. Um, make sure that you also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, um, and are subscribed to us on whichever podcast platform that you listen to us on, um, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Google Podcast, um, what have you. Um, make sure that you are subscribed to us so that when we release new episodes, you can receive a notification because we have uh, awesome episodes coming up. Um, but I hope that you all uh, have a great rest of your weeks and we will be back soon with another episode. Thanks for tuning in to Talk FX. We hope you've left this episode feeling encouraged and knowing you're not alone on this journey with Fragile X. It is our mission to provide resources, support, and encouragement to our listeners. Whether you are a mom of Fragile X children, a self-advocate, or a full mutation carrier, this podcast is for you. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Talk Fragile X. You can tune in to the latest episodes on Spotify or Apple Podcasts.